Coming at you live from a worst case of author self-insert this side of Velma, it's Cartoon Night in Canada. Hey, what you watching? Got a problem with cartoon? episode of Cartoon Night in Canada, a nostalgic journey to dig through decades of animation to find the good, bad, and just plain weird of Canadian cartoons. I'm your co-host Chris Lucy Antonio. And I'm your co-host Sylvie Kittles. So, on today's show, we are taking a look at My Dad the Rockstar? What? Aww. Crazy. Uh, created by some unnotable guy named Gene, and was co-produced by Francis Carrere Studios and the that bloody star kissing bear this makes the show what i mean canadian canadian technically canadian <gasps> technically canadian come on we've, we've done this so many times but that's the best kind of canadian thank you god <laughs> you, you, it's kind of our catchphrase sylvie it's, al it's almost my bedtime <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, and the show aired on the recently deceased network of Teletoon. It's, ar it's already hurts. It already hurts. I, I, I do, I will cross myself every time you say that now. Between September 1st of 2003 and July 4th of 2004, amounting to 26 episodes, and when they could share broadcast time with other Canadian programming. Sorry. Um, for today's show... We took a look at episode 13, the season finale of season 1, Meet the Zillas. Original air date, fe February 2nd, 2004, or November 2004, depending on where you consult. And presumably directed by series director Andrew Young, or Doug Thomas, depending on where you consult. <laughs> and written by George Westerholm. Sylvie. Yeah. My dad, the rock star. I I recall it being on air. Mm-hmm. I probably watched a few episodes here and there, but I definitely saw, like, more ads for it than I saw episodes. Well, because there's some, there, there's some name recognition behind yeah. this show. It, it was kind of a, kind of a big deal that we had over-the-hill rock star Gene Simmons executive producing a Nelvana show. Sorry, I don't know. Gene who? Gene Simmons, uh, he's kind of a he's kind of a guy in the rock world. He was in a band called Kiss. Uh, not very notable. Not never, not like a never heard of it. Not not very recognizable either. Um, you you may have seen some of their products. Oh okay, what they do? Oh, a lot of products. Like uh, there's a Kiss condom. There's a Kiss coffin. There's like Kiss merch of sorry, all there's, types. There's a Kiss, Kiss food. coffin. 
There's a kid's coffin. You, you did not know about the kid's coffin. I didn't know about the kid's oh. oh! That's kind of disappointing. Well... Uh, and I'll have you know it's a kiss casket. Wow. Okay, you're, um... Your profession's really coming oh, out actually, on this episode. No, I'm sorry. It's to do with the shape. <laughs> Coffins are the little octagonal guys. If it's if it's boxy, it's a it's a casket. I repeat, your <laughs> your profession's really coming out on this episode. <laughs> it's fine, whatever. It's a good thing. No. Uh, so the joke about Kiss has always been that they are more of a brand than a band. Uh, I don't know shit about Kiss, maybe one or two songs, and from everything I know about Gene Simmons, he seemed just kind of like a dick. That seems to be the general impression, yeah. A self-absorbed, egotistical dick who has taken his self, self-appointed self a title of rock god to be literal, and has attempted to cultivate a brand around himself as this unsung god of rock and roll, and... This show is in part, My Dad the Rockstar, is in part fulfilling that weird egotistical drive of himself to just just pollute our airways with himself. He just he just needs to be the main character. And Which he kind is of is. It's very funny because he's not even the main character of this show. No, the main character is like a genuinely nice person. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the best joke, and we'll get into that. Yeah. But what is My Dad the Rockstar about? Hey, if you read the title, uh, it might be obvious. Yeah, it's uh, it's about our, our protagonist, uh, Willie Zilla, and his father, Rockzilla, who is rock an... Rockzilla. who is an aged rock star uh, who's basically never given up on that. Yeah, he's, he's like, uh, he's created in the same vein as uh, the... 80s kind of glam rocker or the kiss um the mold of the kiss i like, mean this is straight up the fifth member of kiss yeah I, I mean it's very similar to gene simmons own makeup and his hairstyle and it's just fucking gene simmons yeah i i do like though that uh rockzilla they made sure to make him very buff yep gotta gotta remember that no matter how like old he is because this, this is a guy who's well past his prime, allegedly, but, like, he's still, like, real swole, and he's got a chin you could crack a diamond off of. Yeah, and, like, the, the whole premise is, as you said, like, Willie Zilla is the main character. His dad, the flamboyant and controversial, quote-unquote, rock star, Rockzilla, uh, they get off the, they, they get off the hectic life of constantly touring with his rock band, or I don't even know if he has a rock band, and settles in the suburb of Silent Springs and to try and live an ordinary life. And boy, if that don't go not well. Yeah, mostly just because his dad has an ego that he cannot shake. No, just over-the-hill rock star and his normal son living in random nowhere Canada. This is Canada, right? It's got to be Canada. It's got to be. I'm choosing to believe it's Canada. Silent Springs, Ontario. Yeah, I'm going to say this is, like, Barrie. (laughs) This is Barrie, Ontario. This is a suburb of Barrie. Rockzilla, the most famous resident of Barrie, Ontario. (laughs) So, before we get into the episode proper, let's just start here. Let's just start here with, I hate this rock 
trademark branding for music? Like, what kind of music does Rockzilla play? Uh-huh. Like, they they did not think it out at all, because I think there's coasting on the, like, recognition of Gene Simmons and Kiss. Yeah, they're they're really hoping that you'll just go oh he's from kiss but you could you could put more effort into this but it's like yeah rockzilla the rock star he makes rock music i don't know if other episodes maybe like go into his musical history because like there's a line in this episode where he calls the how the their mansion the house that three chords built which would imply punk music wouldn't it yeah or that he's just very very shitty a la gene simmons entirely possible <laughs> careful i think gene simmons still like google searches himself he'll find us no i think he's i think he's got pretty thick skin are you sure about that no i know he doesn't <laughs> i'm i'm not ready to take that risk Nah, what can you do oh i i guess uh i guess we should say uh thank you gene simmons technically for uh helping build the brand of teletoon with your contributions with nelvana don't he doesn't don't give him that not today look my, my dad the rock star executive produced by gene simmons he he walked into the studio once and said i want my guy to be buff and have my makeup and then left yeah and therefore we owe him everything the gene simmons of it all is a is a massive problem because i fucking hate gene simmons mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if you've ever listened to any of his, like, interviews or heard him talk about things or, like, just any of his, watched any of his many um, hosted shows. He is one of the most insufferable people in rock music, I think. Yeah. And that's not even a controversial opinion. I, I'm gonna take your word for it, because I actively avoid basically around the time when uh gene simmons family jewels was airing i just like saw that man's face and was just like mm, nah. no rejected so did well actually no, no so like a lot of people did not in fact because that was a hit and we'll get into that show but the the fact that this cartoon even exists is kind of interesting and getting back to the gene simmons of it all that's the main problem because I think this show is pretty solid. Yeah. It's it's a solid it's a solid premise. I like most of the characters. A um, lot of the writing's very good. Yep. And uh it's just this this caricature of Gene Simmons is just unpleasant. And it could be so much more funny or insightful or even skewering, like purposely skewering, if I didn't know that it is this, it's like this break off of Gene Simmons' own self-inflated sense of self-importance. Yeah, like, there, he created a mythos for the creation of this show where he's like, oh yeah, my uh, my kid, Nick took a picture of of me drooling blood and spitting fire for a project on what his parents do and i that just inspired me to make a or like that memory inspired me to create a a, a cartoon about our my life basically and in classic gene simmons fashion just taking a thing and just taking an intimate moment or funny story involving your family and just slapping a price tag on it exactly like just yeah like this is just 
a funny story that family, that you'd share at, like, family gatherings or, like, at your kid's wedding. To be like, ha ha ha, yeah, my, my kid brought a picture of me drooling blood to a kindergarten class. My career is buck wild, and that's just normal for my kids. And then just saying to an entire, a massive audience, look at how quirky and charming my family is. Look how many fun adventures we could be getting into. And well, Wouldn't you, just, you like to watch this? Twice. Wouldn't um, you like to watch this twice in animated form and then reality form? Yeah. Um, also, I, I take issue with this... Um, with, with this like genesis idea or like with, with the yeah, genesis of my dad the rock star there's absolutely no way this is the case there's no sourcing on wikipedia yeah did fucking gene simmons write this <laughs> you know what i'm gonna say that's not off the table like the production section of the wikipedia page for my dad the rock star is three paragraphs none of it sourced gene simmons 100 wrote this I mean, why would Gene Simmons, with all his millions of dollars and his successful music career, his his happy family, uh, why would he spend time making sure that everyone knows that he's the rock god and cool as fuck? Because he has such an inflated ego. God, does he ever. And part of the best, like, what, kind of the reason why this show kind of holds up is that when it's allowed to, it really just gives it to him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think whenever whenever Gene is out of the room, which is most of the time, presumably, as an executive producer. Uh, as a vanity are, executive producer. Yeah, like, every the writers are just going absolutely buck wild, being like, hey, hey, fuck this guy, am I right? Oh, because, you know, he would just, like, stomp into the writer's room and it's like, okay, here's the idea. And try and run things like, you have no idea how cartoons are made, do yeah, you? Yeah, like... I, I mean, rock is, uh, like, really cool. And also a really good dad. Like, rock's really cool. He's an amazing dad. Everyone loves him. His music's amazing. It's like, uh, that's not the, that's not the purpose of the show. Mm-hmm. Sure, Gene. You, you got it. We'll, we'll, you, we'll do our best. You misinterpreted your own creation. Good job, <laughs> sir. You did it. Okay, so... Uh, real quick, my nostalgic memories of my dad, the rock star. Saw it on occasion, much as yourself. Uh, wasn't really big on it. Um, and this was even before I was so anti-Gene Simmons. It was just a thing that existed I never gave a fair shot to, so there you go. Uh, what's this episode about? Uh, this is episode, uh, Meet the Zillas. Basically, Rock sees one of his fellow aged rock stars has a reality tv show with his family and uh gets bent out of shape like wait why don't i have a, a tv show and then he gets a tv show um but everyone else in the family is so busy trying desperately to hog the spotlight and become the protagonist of the show that willie absolutely refusing to take any part in this bullshit makes everyone delighted with him and he is becomes the protagonist of the show it's there's a lot of astute observations about reality television it's all it's all very like um it's all very boilerplate like anybody can make these criticisms of reality television if you just watched it for a second but it, it it's all very accurate and it's all well-meaning uh going back to that 
going back to uh, where Rock gets this idea, he's actually just watching the Osborne show that we talked about on Celebrity Deathmatch. Of fucking course he is. Like, uh, the what he's watching is a doddering old man with with long black hair bump into uh, bump into things while his kids while his kids orient him and his wife does all the talking. This this person named Max Hype. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just a thinly, much as Rockzilla is a thinly veiled Gene Simmons, Max Hype is a thin, thinly veiled Ozzy Osbourne. And so this is, for all intents and purposes, Gene Simmons really taking it to Ozzy Osbourne for selling out. By selling out. I know, I know. It's <laughs> Delightfully really... ironic coming from a vanity cartoon that he produced. And in hindsight, with the career trajectory, with the late career trajectory, media tra- media career tra- trajectory of Gene Simmons, it's all the more hilarious. Yes, I mean we we kind of joked about when uh, picking this episode that this episode is the soft pilot for Gene Simmons Family Jewels. Let's talk about Gene Simmons Family Jewels for a second. Let's. So, every single. Every single accusation, criticism of reality television, about the veracity of it, about the fakeness of it, about uh, the corruptive force of it, that this episode, Meet the Zillas, uh, like, like tables. Gene Simmons' Family Jewels does. Yep. Like, it takes all of, it, it takes all of this shit that this episode is flinging, puts it on a plate, eats it up, and smiles. Because Gene Simmons, the producers yeah. of Gene Simmons Family Jewels really did just watch this episode and think that it was like a rubric. More or less, yeah. Yeah. Like to do a reality television show where all you're doing is just massaging your ego and putting on these airs, these characters, like that's a sellout move. That's shamelessly commoditizing and whoring yourself out for the cameras. And then Gene Simmons just did it. Yeah. And he was like, ooh, that, but, but real this time. And I, as I, as I was talking to Sylvie before we started recording, I watched an episode of Gene Simmons' Family Jewels, uh, I guess in prep. And it is some bottom-of-the-barrel celebrity reality TV show. Yeah, it's just Gene Simmons pointing out how famous he is and how many famous friends he has. Which, again, is just something that this episode does. And makes fun of him for Makes it. fun of it, yeah. Yeah, is because, like, he doesn't actually know Michael Jackson. He's just gonna, like, hide out at a concert venue and hope that he shows up. I can't believe they actually got away with saying Michael Jackson. Because, look, my dad, the rock star, you can't name real musicians. Yeah, because that implies a lot of interesting things about the world. Like, like I'm sorry, that is a conflict that you don't want to deal with. It's like, so Rockzilla exists. Does Kiss also exist? Or is this an alternate universe where Rockzilla exists, but Kiss does not? Because if they existed in the same universe, I fucking know Gene Simmons would be filing lawsuits against this guy. Yeah, exactly. So we have to believe that Kiss does not exist in this world. This is an alternate universe. Everyone has four fingers. Don't question it. Yeah. Like, the, the song I Was Made For Loving You was never recorded. Or if it was, it was recorded by Rockzilla. Okay. 
And actually, that's a weird thing, because, like, all of the... They never actually use any Kiss music, because I guess that's just too on the nose. Uh, they There are a couple, like, original songs from the episodes I remember. But they never went that far to uh, make the parody or make the self-insert as obvious, because, I mean, of course Gene Simmons would let you use the music. It's his show. Yeah, there's no way he wouldn't. Unless the other members of Kiss were like, nah. Nah. Gene, you can't... You cannot use our music for your stupid vanity project cartoon. Well, from what I know about the history of Kiss, like there's only two of the original members still in it, and they've just recast the other two members as if they're their roles. That makes like, they sense. Just, they just brought in like another rhythm guitar player and another drummer. It's like, okay, you're the cat now, and you're the star boy. <laughs> We're done. Problem solved. So the episode, by the way, that I was watching of Gene Simmons Family Jewels, in, in one episode... He goes to uh, Tai Bo with Billy Blanks. He's there. And then later on, he goes to the AVN Awards with a porn star. Good times. Because, you know, Gene Simmons is just such a likable guy. Everyone just wants, all of these famed people just kind of want to be in his gravitational pull and be on his show. Yeah, everyone, everyone just knows that Gene Simmons is like... A power magnet. Success follows him. Yeah, it doesn't follow his kids, though. But, uh, like, I said it before, but why the fuck do I know the names of Gene Simmons' kids? Like, I don't like Gene Simmons. I don't like his music. Why do I know that? That's just one of the things that that show's existence foisted upon us. So, what's the, the conflict of this episode is Willie Zilla being real. Yeah. And the the fact that nobody else in the family likes that because they want to use this reality show as a jumping off point for, I don't know, becoming famous in their own right, even though they are kind of famous. Yeah, like, for Rock, it's to massage his ego. Everyone else just wants to be more famous. Yeah, the the uh, the roadie slash butler skunk, he becomes a British dandy and starts singing songs. Yeah, because he thinks that a character will be more interesting. And, God, Willie has my absolute favorite joke in this episode, uh, which is that he has this very impassioned speech about not, like, I'm a human being, I am not a commodity. Uh, I, I have it here. Um, look at us. We have become TV. We're not a family anymore. We're a product. Well, I'm not a commodity. I'm a real person. God, what a good fucking line that gets to the core of the problem of reality tv and then is immediately packaged and marketed and commodified yeah like as i said it's all it's all very accurate but rudimentary skewering of reality tv like all of the jokes and all of the statements it's making are fairly accurate and insightful it's just the gene simmons of it all just kind of dulls any potential of it being actually convincing yeah like i feel like everyone else involved in like in the writer's room understands that the joke should be on gene simmons Mm -hmm. it's like we were talking about before it's like how uh the character of pierce in community was specifically written to be a parody of chevy chase and the second chevy chase found out he was so fucking Threw a strop about it, yeah. And, but, 
Yeah, but it took him multiple seasons to realize that he is the butt of the joke. I don't think that this uh, that this show lasted long enough for Gene Simmons to realize that they desperately wanted him to be the butt of the joke. I don't think they'd be able to get away with flat out to saying like, "Man, Gene Simmons, you over the hill, self-aggrandizing <laughs> bullshit rock artist." Yeah, all all they can get away with is to call Rock out for saying like, "Man, you have a very inflated ego." Which Gene Simmons would agree with, unfortunately, because he's he's that kind yeah, of narcissist. He would, yeah, he would take it as a point of pride. So yeah, that's that's like the main problem. I it's not really a problem with the show. It's not the show's fault that because uh, yeah. if if there was no association with Gene Simmons, and if this show wasn't such a stealth pilot for Gene Simmons Family Jewels, if it didn't like write the script for Gene Simmons Family Jewels, yeah, as a joke, and then. They just did it. Um, they just did it for It'd be real. so much... I, I think it would hold up so much better. Yeah. I think it would be a much better show. I also think Gene Simmons would have sued it into the ground. Oh, most definitely. <laughs> Are you kidding? Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. There, there's no way that he would allow it to exist. Um, like, for for example, speaking on... Uh, like, in addition to that uh, look at us, we've become TV speech, there's a really, really funny in and, like, interesting scene that happens in uh, Willie's bedroom when Rock comes in with the camera and tries to have a heart-to-heart talk with him. And the way that it's directed, it constantly is putting the the camera crew into the shot while they're trying to go about like a father-son talk. It's really yeah. funny. Yeah. It's a good... It's a, it's a great bit. And there's actually a lot of good lines in here. Like, the script is pretty good. The jokes play very well. And the characters uh, for what they are and despite what they're based on, are very strong. Yeah, I, I very much enjoyed all the writing in this show. Uh, so l- let's talk about the uh, child pornography scene. Yeah, we did have to get to that. That was a hell of a pivot. Yeah. Uh, that was a real, real, real heel turn there, bud. What kind of makes Willie initially the focus of the show? Would eventually create, whatever, whatever kind of like puts him into like the breakout star of it is his uh is a scene where the camera crew the camera crew by the way that his father has uh signed him up for because another good joke it's like well that's the best part about you being a minor you don't have rights good joke like the parents signed the consent forms for their minor children so willie takes because a minor can't consent well we'll get to that um (laughs) (laughs) willie takes a bath and the camera crew rises out of the bathwater and films him in the nude. And this makes it to air. Yeah. This I, I this show does not have an editing crew. I'm convinced. It doesn't have a legal department, apparently. <laughs> Absolutely not. So, so if my family was the subject of a reality show, right? And one day my son or daughter came to me and said... Uh, the camera hid in the bathtub and waited for me to get in. Like, I'm stopping. Like, okay, hold on. Hold on. Say that again. Say exactly what happened. Okay, show's done. Everybody get the fuck out. Oh, you're letting them leave the premises? Good point, actually. They're not walking out of there. It's like, okay, show's done. Lock the door. (laughs) Shotgun. Like, we are going to get to the bottom of this. Yeah. 
But apparently, uh, in Silent Springs, that's prime television. That's just good tell. Let's put that on the front of magazines. I, I don't know why a new 12-year-old is gracing magazine covers and the fact that... I'm pretty sure he's 14. 14. He's Point still school. stands. Point still stands. Still, Not cool. Still very much uncool. I don't know why that makes him famous. Maybe because, like, he didn't want it to happen? <laughs> well, that's not what makes him famous. In, well, it's what gets, like... It's what initially gets him, like, coverage in other media, I guess. So it, Also, it's never really made clear. How long has this show been on the air? I have questions about that, too, because I think over the course of this episode, I think only four episodes are filmed. Like, we only see the, the fallout of, like, four episodes. They, they show none of the actual, like, pr- producing of the show. They make it seem like it's, tr- like, the Truman Show. It's just a constant stream of the Zillas. Yeah. It kind of feels like, uh... Like, it's airing the day of. <laughs> oh, the turnaround. This time does not exist. Yeah, the turnaround time for these episodes incredible well and what we know about reality television after like um the like the the initial mystique has been broken by you know years of it being instant of reality television just being a thing a genre that people have studied we we know how uh produced it is yeah shit's fake yeah it always has been always always has been always whatever reality television that you are like uh binging right now because you love trash we all do yeah, everyone, we're all trash goblins, and it's okay. But we all, we, we all kind of just, like, buy into the lie of it. We all just I, I just kind of acknowledge, like, yeah, it's fake, but whatever. It's drama. Yeah, yeah. It's tasty. Okay, so, also the, the Michael Jackson joke. Yeah, the, especially with the child bathtub scene, I don't, I don't love that he gets name-dropped here, too. Also uncomfortable, but... Then they decide to kidnap, and just flat-out kidnap, like, Rockzilla yeah. was planning on kidnapping Michael Jackson. Yes. Uh, they they name-drop Nummy Nuts. A- oh, is that a real artist? No. You know who okay. it is? Who is it? It's supposed to be Eminem. I thought so. They, they, they kidnap Nummy Nuts, the white rapper. And it turns out to be Eminem. Makes sense. Because part of reality television, uh, you gotta, as, as someone who's famous, you've gotta... You gotta have famous friends. You gotta corral your famous friends to have a pop-in every now and then. Like, hey, be on my show today. You can stop by and say, like, oh, hey, Rock, how's it going? And then walk away. Yeah. And then you can, and then you can go. And I'll, I'll, I'll pay you, I don't know, what do you want, a Lamborghini? That's, a, that's another good question. Like, where in Rockzilla's career is he? Has he retired? I think he should. Like, because they show, like, a studio in his massive mansion. Like, how actual po- how actually popular is Rockzilla? I feel like he is still producing music in his retirement, and he thinks he has an audience. I, see, because I was assuming it was, like, a um, Metalocalypse thing. Where it's like, uh-huh. Death Clock, this death metal band, is actually the most popular band in existence. Like, 
hundred times more popular than the Beatles, everybody fucking loves Death Clock. <laughs> it's, it's part of the joke. Yeah. So, like, this over-the-hill, 80s, egotistical glam rocker named Rockzilla... Is, is the number one musician in Canada. It's, like, fucking 15 times more popular than Beyonce. Rockzilla is. <laughs> okay. Like that's that's how it feels like the show wants to play it, but also because it's not well defined, they also try and portray him as like, yeah, he's over the hill, he's washed up, no one likes him, he was never famous to begin with. Yeah, like being his kid, Nets Willie, absolutely no cool points at school. No. Showing up to school in a limo every day gets him nothing. There's a, there's also a really. Actually, speaking of the child predator stuff, there was also a weird joke where Serenity, the sister, when they first introduced the reality crew, it's like, in my media studies class, my teacher says the camera loves me. I caught that too, like, yeah. Bro, bro, what's up with this teacher? What? Yeah, that's that's a little fucked. So we, we actually don't get any of Roxilla's music on this episode, but we do get a lot of, like, transitional music, uh, the guitar chords for emphasis on things, and, like, all the sound effects are guitar noises. And, like, I think I really like that. I think it's a fun... It's a fun bit. It's really, really charming. Yeah. It's, like, it's using the premise uh, to inform some of, like, the, the, the show. And that, that's what it should be doing. Yeah. That's... I mean, if you're... If you're creating a show where one of your... Where your main character's dad is a literal rock star, if you're not using rock music as much as humanly possible, what are you doing? Commit to the bit, absolutely. Yeah. So, how does how does Willie get out of this predicament? Um, he realizes, or his dad explicitly says that if you change your image, and your fans don't like it, or if you ruin your image for your fans, they will stop following you. Um, so he decides that as a uh, suburban white kid he's gonna go gangster he goes full poochie and it works instantly as it should he goes full malibu's most wanted yeah i don't so i i guess the uh, the the button on the joke is or like the, the button on the premise is as the only one on the reality show who was actually being real him becoming this strange gangster persona is is turning off the audience because, like, he was the only one they could gravitate towards. Mm-hmm. I, I guess that's the the point of the joke, but, man, it was... I know it was for kids. It was 2004. But fuck was that cringe. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I think cringe was the point. Absolutely, yeah. But it went too... It, it worked too well. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, Willie waltzes into the family diner room and goes like, White rap boy funk soul brother coming at you playalistic. Sir. I mean... There are cameras present. Yeah, exactly. This kid is a genius. <laughs> he does realize that after the show ends, right? That's like that gonna footage be... still exists? Yeah, yeah. That, that broadcast. Yeah. Tragic. Hmm. He'll learn the hard way. I'm, I'm going to say that's probably not the worst footage that Willie Zilla is going to have to worry about in his future. Don't worry, that other thing was blocked by the court. Ah. 
it's now illegal to hold that for obvious reasons. Yeah, but but you know deep down that people still do. Gross. Um, <laughs> oh Jesus. So just a little bit on the look of the show. Uh, there's not a lot to say. There's there's no there's no why it looked like that. Not really. Um, some of the animation, it's a tad rough. Like anytime things have to go fast, you can ver- you can see the um, the the shortcuts, and it's all very uninspired. There's like this lack of texture that we've encountered in almost all the Nelvana programs that we've encountered. This basic color scheme. It's all serviceable and cheap, and it works, but it's also just, just kind of bland looking. There's there's one background element that I that I am charmed by, and it's when, um, some background element like I don't know if it's an intentional design choice or if it's just like. They literally forgot to fill in the lines, but so every once in a while there'll be like background elements, that are just. The outlines of right, objects. Right, like, just like the, 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 geometri- the geometric impression of a background. Yeah. And, like, it, they'll be blended in with a fully rendered background. And then you'll just have, like, in the closet where uh, Rock and Willie have their singular private conversation, like, the, the lights on the ceiling are all in, like, a white outline, and then there's just a bunch of funky hats in yellow. I don't know. I just think it's neat. It's probably a um, a cost cutting measure, but mm-hmm. that's something that at least adds to the charm of the show. Yeah, it's it's got a little something going on. What doesn't necessarily add to the charm of the show is um, an issue we've run into the we've run into in the past: um, the English to French awkwardness. I didn't notice that. There is a lot if you. If you zero in on some of the dubbing and the line reading, because this was recorded in two languages, uh, being both Canadian and French, mm-hmm. some of the, there's this this weird occasional disconnect between characters and their expressions and their lines. Like I don't know, I, I'm a weird stickler for uh, mouth watching. I guess I'll call it. <laughs> Especially when I know that it's one of these technically Canadian shows where it's like we had we had uh, we had like broadcasting at the same time a Canadian I'm sorry an English and a French version of the show mm-hmm. using the exact same animation. So sometimes it this feel this feels like it's the uh, other way around where it's like this was originally uh, like like this entire show was originally animated in French and then uh, moved to English because sometimes you can just notice like. Some weird hiccups and hitches. That doesn't bug everybody. It just bugs me sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I think we've come across that before. You're just a mouth watcher. Mouth watcher. Yep. Yeah, that's that's your title. You're welcome. Yep. <laughs> I'll be there, watching mouths. <laughs> Fuck. Hey, hey, Chris. You want to go to the movies tonight? Like, no, man. Got a long night of mouth watching. Man, hardest time in my life, 2019 to 2022. <laughs> so many masks. I felt, I felt robbed of my very essence. Fuck. Just watching that blue, just, just just watching that blue shield and wondering, what's that mouth doing? 
I was kicked off of many public transit <laughs> situations because of this. <laughs> I hate this bit. Uh, it's over. Don't worry. Everybody hated Free. it. It's okay. They all left. No one's here anymore. <laughs> Free me. So, um, that's essentially the episode covered. Uh, anybody notable on this cast? Because if you believe this very, very fake Wikipedia article, you would assume that Gene Simmons himself selected the voice of Roxilla. You'd think. It's a lie. It's absolutely a lie. Um, <laughs> don't worry about it. Yeah, I, I don't know shit about that. Uh, can I can I start with my personal connection to this episode? Right, I forgot. Uh, you are the goddaughter of Gene Simmons. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, that's... It, it's out. It's out. Uh, no, I... Your dad sucks, by the way. <laughs> my goddad is wonderful. How dare you? Uh, no, the, uh, the writer of this episode, uh, George Westerholm, is a very close family friend with my mom. This is the first time that we've encountered this, uh, like, too close to home in yeah. the subject we've covered. Yeah, they, uh, their, their parents were very good friends, so they grew up together, and they, uh, they used to do their own, like, comedy was always, always their, their jam. Mm -hmm. Like, even as seven-year-olds in my mom and papa's basement, my mom would tell stories about the two of them, like, recording these silly like cassettes where they would just take it was it was basically like an improv class for seven-year-olds where they would just have like it's it's a it's, it's a bank but it's also a tree and so then it would be like coming close they would do like a whole ad read like a radio ad for for this bank that was a tree and be like coming close to a branch near you. Don't leaf it to the last minute. So wow, like, you remember you remember the bits. I remember the bits. That's impressive. Yeah. So just like I I just think it's very funny that a little seven year old in my grandparents' basement went on to write a pretty solid episode of My Dad the Rockstar. Right, and you poked around in his credits, like, uh, he's, he's written for a couple of other, uh, important to this podcast animated shows, like, uh, the, I believe he's got a couple episodes of 16 and the Dog and Pony show. Yeah. Uh, but, like, the big things was, like, a long run on the Rick Mercer report, yeah. and I think, like, he's, was it, He's done a few, uh, runs on, like, uh, Just for Laughs, stand-up tours. Ah, uh, okay. Was he also a This Hour Has 22 Minutes guy? Yes. Okay, okay. I don't think he was... I don't think he ever appeared on it, but he... Yeah, he wrote He wrote for it for quite a while. He, he was on the writing staff for, like, a season, I'm guessing, right? A couple seasons, I think? Okay, good for him. Yeah, he's... Uh, he's a lovely guy. And I was really... I was really delighted. I didn't realize that he'd written to this episode, and then when I just put it on to rewatch it, and it was just like pop there on the opening credits like oh shit there's george his his one and only episode that he wrote for my dad the Rockstar. star really by the way. well if imdb is to believe and imdb is not to believe yeah, because no, this website has been it. broken for a long time but yeah it was that was just a delightful surprise for me yeah that's nice um but going down through the rest uh of our notable figures uh as uh, Willie, we've got Joe Vanicola, 
um, who is a, uh, they're a, uh, a Toronto-based actor, born in Montreal, um, and they've, they've done a lot of, mostly, like, television, a little, few, few, t uh, few film roles, a little bit of voice work, but mostly Canadian television. Which one? <laughs> Do you want to take a guess? <clears throat> Murdoch. Degrassi Next Generation. Oh, the third one! Yeah. Damn it! It was a ruse! Damn it. They were on the third one. The secret third one. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think they do a really good uh, prepubescent boy. What weird voice acting thing that's just existed forever. Yeah. Who is the gentleman who plays Rock? Uh, we got the one and only Lawrence Bain. Who does an amazing job. He's so good. I love this voice that he's doing <laughs> for Rock. Um, just to answer your question, Murdoch Mystery. Ah. Yeah. yeah. He could have done both. He could have done both. He's um, been around for a while. Yeah, not as long as, uh, I kind of went down a mini rabbit hole of Don Frank's IMDb page. He plays Ooh. Skunk. Okay, so so as soon as I heard that voice for um, Skunk, I realized, like, oh, wait, that's not a voice. This is a guy. That's just the guy. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, the moment I heard just, the moment Skunk spoke in this episode, I was like, okay, this is some, he has been in the business for ages. And I was right. He's been acting since 1954. Jeez. He, uh, he passed away in, in 2016. But I, I get the impression that he was, like, the heritage pull for for this show. There's usually always one, yeah. Yeah, like... Especially for Nelvana shows for some reason. Yeah. But, I mean, Don Franks... This man's career is buck-fucking-wild, like... Oh, I'm looking over it now, and... Yeah. My word. He was Oh, on, my God. He was on fucking Mr. Rogers. He was on... He was in My Bloody Valentine, the yeah. greatest Canadian slasher. Yeah. This man's career, uh, he was also in a bunch of Star Wars. He was, okay, very important. He was in the Star Wars Holiday Special. Wait, really? Yeah, he was. He played Boba Fett in a lot of uh, Star Wars animated bits. Oh, yeah. what? Yeah. Uh, he also played a character from a Star Wars animated series called Kaibo Ren. Okay. I shit you not, the the parody Kylo Ren predates Kylo Ren by 30 years. Ah, uh, but you know, with with the Star Wars naming conventions, it's it's all noise to me. Yeah. I know Boba Fett, but that's only because it's, you know, a real character. Yeah. Not, not fucking Glup Shitto or whatever <laughs> they're talking about. Uh, but yeah, this, this man was fucking everywhere. He was, he was fucking Dr. Claw. Yeah. From Inspector Gadget. Um, and just just for you, Chris, he was also in Sons of Butcher. What? For one episode. He Doing played, what? He played Barney G. I don't know who that is, but oh my god, really? I thought you had every episode memorized. Okay, so if I were to rack my brain, that might be the evil producer character <laughs> from the Halloween episode. <laughs> Oh, thank you so much for validating my trust in you. D don't. Don't don't thank me for that. That's bad. <laughs> I shouldn't have known that. I shouldn't have said that. 
Oh, he was also the voice of Sabretooth in the X-Men versus Street Fighter video games. Yeah. What a... What a legend. Yeah. And he just... Took a break to... To be a, a major character in My Dad the Rockstar. Uh, good for him. Yeah. This absolute icon of Canadian television and film. Uh, nicknamed the Iron Buffalo. Excuse me. I'm gonna end up going down a rabbit hole of this man's life, because he's also a jazz musician. And um, um, his, his IMDb page uh, did force me to learn the definition of uh, Herstoot. Oh. He's described as that herstootly handsome Canadian actor. Um, it just means he's real hairy. He was real hairy, and people thought that was hot. Oh, I mean, I could tell you that he was real hairy. I like he was in my bloody Valentine for fuck's sake. <laughs> as, as a spokesman for other voices, the Canadian TV series in the mid nineteen sixties, he investigated a boy's murder at Red Pheasant Cree Nation in Saskatchewan. Wait, is this is this a role? This is he Don Franks. Just just his life. No, this is Don Franks. Don Franks did that. Who yeah. is this man? No, I'm just going to be learning about Don Franks for the rest of the week. I'm sorry. I'm... As you should. As we all should. I, I need to call in to work tomorrow. Uh, you know what? I'm, I kind of want to watch this musical that he was in. Yeah, uh, Finny and Rainbow? No, not that one. Uh, Kelly. Oh, okay. It was, a, it was inspired by Steve Brody, who in 1886 claimed to have jumped off the Brooklyn Bridge and survived. There's a musical oh, yeah, about that guy. I'm on board, 100%. Oh, I, we gotta... God, I really should have saved him for last. Yeah, we gotta get a, uh, away from anybody else notable. Um, we got a return of uh, Kathleen Lasky as the mom. Where was the last time we... Uh, yeah, it's Crystal Zilla, the uh, yeah. not-so-subtle Shannon Tweed insert, I guess. Yeah. Where was um, the last time we... I mean, technically, the last time we saw her was when we were talking about Wayside, because she played Miss Jules in the TV series, but she was not. Oh in the yeah, movie. but we. Did. Oh yeah, that's because uh, in in the movie it's the same voice actress Peggy Hill. Yeah. Um, names are names are coming to me, but you know. Yeah, um, and then we've got as um, as his sister Serenity Zilla. We have Stephanie Ann Mills, and then Willie's two friends are voiced by Sarah Gadon. And, uh, Rob, uh, Stefaniak. And this is his second run on, on our podcast. Uh, don't, not really familiar with his work, weirdly, even though it's apparently our second run with him, but, he was, I mean... He was Perry and Spliced. He is a very short <sighs> voice acting career. Yeah, I think, I think we, we talked about that last time when we were doing Spliced. Um, well, I mean, Sarah, Sarah is it Sarah Gaden or Sarah Gaden? Oh, no. I'm I, saying I just Sarah Gadon because I'm a dumbass. I think it's Sarah Gaden, and she's uh, another certifiable legend. Yep. Worked with David Cronenberg, worked with uh, Denis Villeneuve, um, got around on everything. I'm sure it's either uh, Murdoch Mysteries or something or other. Uh, well, very much more importantly, she was Ruby Gloom. 
There, that's what I, yeah. yeah. I think we talked about it last time with yeah. Ruby Goo, and it's like, that was a huge get, right? Yeah. And it was, and it still is. It was, still is. It's it's cool to hear her again. Could have used more of her, honestly. Could have used more of uh, the mother, could have used more of Serenity. Like, they're, they're all pretty good to great voice performances. Yeah, just what, like, I can't think of a, like, even in terms of, like, bit actors... Or like bit roles like the uh, like the producers and even the God his bully, oh Buzz, Buzz. that is oh, such my... a good performance. What is? How do you describe that voice that he's doing? Musical. It's like, like rogue sophisticate. Yeah. Cause I'm Buzz. Oh, sorry, I misread this this page. Uh, Buzz is the one that Rob Stefaniuk plays. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Um. Quincy. Actually, now that you say that, yeah, that's Perry's voice, but just in a different register. Yeah, and it's so good. Um, Quincy Willie's other best friend is played by Martin Villafana. Is uh, he was also in Wayside. All, like he's done a lot of other Nelvana work. Uh, hmm. With that being said, um, I I, th- I think we both agree. Like cast is great. I I think everyone has understood the assignment and is really putting something into each of the characters. Mm-hmm. Especially in the case of Skunk. Fucking Don Franks. You are... He's probably drawing on so much life experience. Oh, he's gotta be. Like, if that is flawless casting for just, like, incredibly old Rhodey. It's perfect. It's... I'm and, not... and I like the way you, you, like, framed it as, like, the legacy casting for this show. Yeah. Just, just get a guy in there just, that just everybody... Get a guy who's seen it all. Who's, who's been around the block a couple times and... It's just gonna have a fun time, just being like, "What am I doing?" Okay. Oh, I'm a sure. I'm a washed up roadie. Got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So great cast. Uh, but what's your uh, what's your parting impression of my dad? Dot dot dot. The rock star. Um, I thought it was. Regardless of the Gene Simmons of it all, I think it was kind of kind of fun. Good a good. 2003 pre really really soaking in that pre uh gene simmons family jewels years back when we didn't need to know so much about his life good times back when we weren't forced to treat him like a celebrity again uh yeah i'm in total agreement with you uh pretty good to great show it uh, holds up very well uh specifically with this episode i think we picked a very good one where you can see them using this premise very well and it's used as a fantastic jumping off point for a ton of very fun observations about reality tv uh it's just the gene simmons of it all you you force me because this is a caricature slash self-insert of gene simmons i have to view it through the lens of gene simmons and that makes me kind of hate the show not really not really it's perfectly fine, but man, why? Why would you do that? Just it's just a little stinky. Just a little too Gene Simmons. Oh, there you go. And that's the show. Uh, thank you so much for listening to another show of Cartoon Night in Canada. If you enjoyed what you heard, please consider us giving consi- please consider giving us a like, share, subscribe, and review on your podcatcher of choice. Preferably Apple Podcasts, because it helps us reach the widest possible audience. 
You can find the show on Twitter at Cartoon Night Pod, where we post new episodes every Saturday. We you don't. can find. Yeah. You can find. <laughs> Cut it close this week. We kind of did. But I'm glad. I'm glad no. we made it. Not to peek too far behind the curtain, but we kind of did. Um, you can find me on Twitter at CinemaCreep, where I will give you all the best tips on mouth-watching. Uh, and you can follow me at Sylvie Skeletons, where I will uh, possibly be sharing my findings of Don Frank's Buckwild life. Fantastic. Uh, have a good one, everybody. Rest in peace to Teletoon. You were a real one. star of the show is when I have Michael Jackson sitting beside me.